freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody welcome to another episode of gun freedom radio i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan todd we got a great show we are doing a series called american talking about the can-do spirit that is part of our american dna absolutely dan so much of our lives have been turned upside down by this coronavirus this covid19 and we have been hearing a lot about what we can't do and thing, places we can't go. Sort of like being married. <laughs> just, you know, our, saying, our I mean, 35th wedding anniversary is a week from today. Are we going to make it? Here. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Because we already say we should get double for yes. because we work together. No, 75 and we years? Are married? 70 to, years? No, we haven't been married 70 years. This feels like it. Uh -huh. Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. Anyway, um, so during this time, we're, we're being really restricted, but our guests during this series are going to talk to us about from their area of expertise about all the ways that we still can learn and grow, connect, train, and expand our freedoms in ways that maybe we haven't even thought about before. And our guest today is Matthew J. Mallory. Matthew is the founder and lead instructor of PSD, Public Safety and Education, a gun store owner and the co host of the IMDb listed talk show, Meet the Pressers. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Hey guys, how are you? Very well. You, you caught us on a, a, a fun day where we get to you know, talk about how great it is to be quarantined with your spouse, like in a never ending way. You guys are <laughs> matching in colors, so that's, that's a plus. That's true. Only because you told me to. Nah, yeah. See, my wife dresses me too. I, I mean, yeah. I, I get that. I get that. So and and you're welcome to both of you. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> very much so. I love it. So Matthew, we were talking off air about um, how the nation is experiencing. So many of us are experiencing interruptions in our sources of income, and uh, you're in a similar situation. I mean, I think we're all in this boat together. But you quoted the Bible, which I so appreciated, as a source of wisdom in how to navigate times like these. And I just wonder if you could expound on that for our uh, listeners and our viewing audience. Definitely. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've always been a serial, serial entrepreneur and have always tried to find ways to make money out of things. And I, I always make the joke or the statement that I, I wouldn't be able to have a hobby unless I made money from it because that's the only way I can justify taking time away from the family. My, my wife wouldn't have it. Like I wanted to get my pilot's license and I couldn't justify a way to make money out of doing that quickly. Um, so therefore, I kind of chugged away at it. I think I got like 
0.40 of an hour towards my pilot's license and, <laughs> and that, that ended pretty quick. Yeah. 10 grand or so to get your pilot's license. But, yeah. um, I don't know if it's wisdom or I don't know if it's uh, lunacy with <laughs> how many different, uh, plates I have spinning or pots, pots on the fire or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but that, that's definitely one thing. If I see something that I enjoy, something that I, I think I, I can be good at, you know, I've always been a salesman. So that's kind of been the, the good thing behind it. If it's something I enjoy doing, whether it's with my mind or my hands, then I try to craft it into some sort of, some sort of business. And, and, and the Bible does say multiple sources of income because you never know what evil is going to be out there in the world. Um, or, you know, if you have three streams coming and two dry up, at least you still have water coming in from one or uh, I'm probably paraphrasing there, but I know I've, I've read that somewhere in the Bible at some point and it just stuck with me and made me think that, you know, that that's definitely something that I've, I've always uh, liked to have on the, on the side burner. And my two main income sources were teaching classes and uh, we have a, a second house on our property that we rent out on BRBO and, um, BRBO and Airbnb. And both of those are completely shut down, both the rental and also the, the classes. I'm not doing any in-person classes at all. And the rentals totally shut down. So we're, we're losing many thousands of dollars a month from that. Um, and I'm falling back on all of my other smaller incomes, trying to pull that together just to keep, uh, you know, bills paid and food on the table and such, which we're, you know, we're surviving, but it's definitely, uh, definitely trying times for everybody. Mm. It really is. Um, and, you know, I, I love that, you know, you call yourself a serial entrepreneur. I think we are so much the same. That must be why we like each other so well. But it has just kind of worked out that way. And, and why Dan and I have worked together all the years that we've been married is because, you know, you really can't have a hobby that occupies too much of your time unless there is a revenue stream kind of supporting it. So right. uh, I totally do get that. And, you know, I, I hate that we are in a, a time that so many people are, are being forced to, you know, make these decisions about their income based on this, this invisible enemy that is out there, this virus. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, if we have people in our in our world or our household that are especially susceptible there isn't we can't take the risk we have to err on the side of extreme caution um but uh you know that you've got this uh, another uh thread of of income that you were talking about where you're using your land in another way not only with the, the bed and breakfast but you have uh is it mallory farms i'm saying that wrong i know i um, am yeah Ma mallory market and that, that actually a neat little story on that. We about five, seven, about seven or eight years ago, we ended up uh, having a house in the valley of Sy the Syracuse area, and I wanted to go out and hang my wife's bird feeders. This was February. We just just got the house, just moved in, and uh, I went out and started drilling a hole in a tree. And our our, our daughter at this point, she's in her early twenties. Um, pregnant, husband's in the Navy. She lives in California, but back then she was like twelve. Mm -hmm. So we go out, she's going out to help me. And I drill a hole in the tree February and this sticky sappy substance starts pouring out of the tree. And she's, and I'm like, Oh, look, it's a maple tree. It's maple syrup, right? Maple sap. She goes, oh, we can make maple syrup. And she got so excited. And I'm like, Oh geez, not another thing. I'm like, how can I turn this into a business? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we started doing maple syrup. I, I realized that's a lot more work 
than you'd think and uh, spent quite a bit of money getting everything going and we enjoyed it for probably two or three years we did it um and then I just realized it was like staying up late at night and I really like to sleep at night so that put that on the back burner though we we, we do want to aspire to do that we've searched out some houses on our new property here or some trees on our new property here to tap into um but so we did that I said well if we're going to do maple syrup we're, we already plan on doing a garden there and we ended up I figured, okay, well, if we're going to have a garden, why don't we do bees? And we can have bees mm -hmm. to help pop pollinate the garden and have honey from it, which we could sell and have for our own use. And honey's so expensive, so I thought that was a good way to save money, and that would also convince my wife that getting bees would be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I, it's all I, about working the angles, right? It, it, exactly. So I, we bought one hive, ended up uh, harvesting honey from it our first year we ended up entering at New York State Fair and won second place in New York State, which I had people saying, oh, you're never, it's your first year. You're never going to be able to, to do any, you're, da, 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 you know, naysayers. And I won second place. I was like, okay, I guess I know something. Just a lot awesome. of research. Yeah, a lot of research. And, and then we actually also bartered a quart of honey for three chickens. And that also started our chickens that year. And we're up to 38. We just lost one the other day. Um, we're up to 38 now. Wow. So you're actually going into those beehives and pulling that honey out? Oh, yeah. And it's fun. We actually, we, uh, our four-year-old and I took a walk around the, the back. We've got a three-acre field in the back that we, that we walk. Um, a local farm down the street harvests the, uh, or farms the hay out of there for their Angus farm, which we get beef from. It's a trade. They work our fields and they give us uh, meat. So we get meat from them every year. Wow. But we're walking love, the backyard. Yeah, I, lo I love the barter love system too. is amazing yep. Uh, yep. and kind of keeps the government out of our lives in whatever teeny tiny little ways we can. It's an extra sweet win, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing we haven't done yet is like solar and, and wind and geothermal. That's one thing that we definitely want to want to work into it. This year was the goal, but <laughs> financially it might be next year if we mm -hmm. get back on our feet. Mm -hmm. So no. how much honey can you get out of a hive? I mean, it's, hive is one block, right? That... Uh, it, it varies. It varies. There's uh, there's the the brood box, which are a deep box on the bottom, which are usually 20 inches by like 18, 16 and a half inches wide. And then there's 10 frames inside that where the queen will lay eggs and and the the colony, the female bees will actually put pollen and nectar and all that in the in the comb. And then you usually will do two deeps and then on top of that you'll put the honey supers which are a little small shorter of a box and you can do one to i've seen people stack eight or ten honey supers on top and then ratchet strap them down and stake them so they don't fall over wow it's just you as big as you make it the queen will keep laying eggs and the bees if they can fill the spot they'll keep filling the spot and filling the honey so you can you can you can harvest quite a bit from it this year, we just got back into it last year because we sold, when we moved a couple of years ago, we sold all of our hives and basically the whole bee business so that way we can move easier and have some money to help us move. And then uh, last year, we just got back into it. I got two nukes, split them out to four hives, and right now we've got uh, three that survived the winter. So, And I'm about ready to move them from eight frame hives to, to 10 frame hives. Just before I got on with you guys, I was actually building new bee boxes. I cut my own wood and nail and screw the the hives together myself so I, I nice. you know the night before I was my daughter and I were painting the hives we paint them with uh, latex paint some oops oops paint just to keep the wood protected yeah very cool wow. and so you mentioned you live in New York and New York mm. has been you know kind of the 
I mean, nanny I state. Mean, yeah, for sure. The nanny <laughs> state, but I was going to say kind of like the epicenter of attention, at least on all of this COVID stuff as it's been happening in our world and watching your governor mm-hmm. de Blasio. Is that his name? Well, he's, he's the, Cuomo. he's the mayor of Cuomo. New York City. Cuomo. Cuomo. Yeah. That's right. Watching yep. Cuomo on the news all the time. And, you know, I started out kind of feeling like I, I actually like watching his news conferences better than, than president Cuomo. Trump's because Cuomo was very, he was bullet pointed. He was very detailed. He sounded like, you know, he, he was, uh, had a handle on things and taking ownership for, you know, look, you're going to experience some uncomfortable things. And, and I'm the only one to buck stops with me. I was like, wow, this is really good leadership. Well, then they started dangling federal money out there. And then it was like, Oh, and now the mask comes off and we start seeing that, you know, he's just really about making sure that. Yeah. Oh, very much so. And so now I don't, I don't really like listening to his anymore. So <laughs> the, the, the information can be good, but just listening to his voice drives me nuts. It makes my stomach turn. Yeah, yeah. no, I understand that. And I've, I think I've gotten to that place in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in New York, uh, you know, you have gun stores federally have been deemed as an essential business because duh, yep. right? I mean, yeah. self-defense. Exactly. Um, but yet you're still in your state struggling with that because you have people like Cuomo who are, I believe the politician, which is more about power, you know, I think there's a reason that politician starts with a P, uh, power, uh, rather than, (laughs) rather than, uh, public servants, um, who really want to serve and really do want to represent. Um, so what's the status right now? Because I, I think your liquor stores are still open, but you're- yeah, <laughs> liquor, liquor stores are deemed an essential business, but, uh, the only training, which we, we teach, and I've been hesitant to do so because of my wife and daughter being immune or auto having autoimmune diseases, um, would be security guard courses. So security guard and law enforcement courses can be taught. And I, I was talking to my wife about it last night, actually, and we're, probably going to start putting courses on the schedule starting next week at the I say the the latest to uh secure for security guards because there's a lot of people that want to get into security guard industry and I can teach those courses so that is an income source Mm -hmm. um so that is something that I'm probably going to do I just got to you know to be very careful as far as the interaction with the individuals, make sure nobody's sick, wear a mask, wear gloves, spray everything down with Lysol, hand sanitizer, take a shower when I get home, wash the clothes, all that, all that stuff. And that new, uh, new gun owner might want to one day be a security guard. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah, yep, <laughs> you know? definitely. In, in all my classes, I mean, I started doing some online courses to, to help, you know, augment, I guess, some of the stuff that has been uh, squashed because of our, our, I call it a quarantine. The governor doesn't like to call it a quarantine, but uh, yes. So gun stores are not allowed to to be open. And actually there is a gun store in Western New York that I call from the governor's uh, coronavirus uh, Gestapo hit squad, whatever you want to call them and told them if they do not close immediately, because they were open, they said, we're considered essential. We don't care if we're not on a list, we are going to stay open. And the governor's, um, uh, force called them and said, if you don't close, you're going to have your uh, New York state gun sales license revoked. They, they threatened to revoke their New York state license to sell guns. This is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And now and then, go ahead. 
I was going to say the reason that I have, and I haven't had the call yet, thank God, but the reason that I'm still operating and doing it, and I'm trying to be as careful as possible as far as interaction with people, but is because in his list says if you're an individually owned business, and I am, mm. even though I'm an LLC, I'm a single member LLC, I have no employees. So I'm running under that guise that, hey, it's, I'm a single member a single business owner. And mm -hmm. that is specifically in the list. If you're a single business owner, you can stay open. And if he calls me and tells me to shut down, then I'm going to, because I don't want to lose the business. But mm -hmm. um, especially being an LLC in New York, they, I even have you know that aspect over me, which is everything else, my farm, my training company, the Airbnb, all that stuff falls underneath the LLC for protection. Right. And for, for some reason, there are certain politicians out there, the, the power hungry ones that they they feel like if they don't tell us what to do that we just we might forget to breathe or something yeah. right whereas yep. here here in Arizona you know we have AZ firearms we have a gun shop and we are absolutely allowed again love that word allowed <laughs> to stay open but we made the choice to close down for a couple of weeks right. And it was for the same reasons. Of yeah, we wanted to be safe. And now that we have figured out a way to be safe, we're going to reopen tomorrow, uh, soon. Right. And, we just uh, needed to put some more protocols into place right. for uh, the, the health and wellness and all that. But we have enough to know, you know, enough sense to know what we can do and what we can't do. And, you know, we go on walks. We take the kids on walks. Yeah, we leave the house and so we go on walks. <gasps> Gasp. What? I know. What is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, at least you have property. We don't even have yeah. that. We have just a, you know, a little subdivision so, here. So a funny thing about that, we, we have 23 acres and we have camp, a campsite way out in the back property for friends and relatives and stuff if they want to stay on it. Um, or if people come by to, to for a class, because I do classes out of the gun store and I, we also have a, a little range on the back property. So if we have people come over for any of that stuff, they can always, if they come from a distance, they can always stay there. Like we've got, I've got Jeff Gonzalez coming in in September. So that that's kind of a neat thing but cool. um even with the 23 acres and, and walking it and hiking the backwoods and stuff our four-year-old's like can we go on a walk and then but second you want to go into the woods she's like nope i don't want to go in the woods no woods i don't mm. like the woods mm. so uh. we're trying to i know right we're trying to get her uh get her find that her balance a bit more. where yeah. everybody's happy yeah and that's the thing and then we have this uh this i think it's the mayor of, of los angeles that is encouraging people with dangling the carrot of a, a reward of some sort to tattletail yeah. on their neighbors. I mean, if that doesn't, to me, that sounds like kind of the training ground for these red flag gun law, you know, citizen coalitions out there, you know, the citizen brigade that's going to start turning everybody in for everything right. they don't yeah. like that you're doing in your life. Now, here's an epiphany. Why, why wouldn't they do stuff like that in the inner cities where all the murders happen and nobody wants to tell on the bad guys that actually shoot and kill people? That makes Gee a lot whiz, of sense right there. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> hey, here's a carrot. We'll give you free rent for a month, whatever. So, give them something to come in and, and a reward to actually do the right thing and step forward and tell on that gangbanger that just shot and killed that 12-year-old kid or something. No, it's, it's much more important if somebody went to the park, right? then, yeah. you know, let's tell on the people that just take a walk in the park with their dog with nobody anywhere else around them. Let's be sure we lock that up quickly. Right. Uh, right. But with that other stuff, you know, 
uh, helping capture murderers, whatever. I think our governor is being a little more sensible about it. He's telling us that we need to stay indoors, but he's not telling us you can't go on a walk with your family. No, but the mayor yeah. of Phoenix uh, just That's another story. yesterday or this morning <laughs> got on the, the TV and said, yeah, I, I really need you to tell on your neighbors if you see people doing yeah. what I don't want them to do. Not what's constitutionally okay, not what right. is healthy for their life but if i am uncomfortable with it i need you to call and and tell me what they're doing our mayor in avondale is telling everybody on facebook go to the restaurants and get takeout mm -hmm. he's really trying to support the small businesses yeah that's, that's, see, that's smart yeah, yeah. that's smart it, for sure so um how did as i was leading in and i was saying that you were co-host on a podcast of your own mm -hmm. called meet the pressers First of all, thank you for having me on at the beginning yes. of this year. That was very fun. First uh, episode of the year. I, I love it. When I uh, was talking earlier in the week with your co-host and, and he said that, you know, I was the first one of the year and I said, I'm number one, I'm number one, because I, <laughs> I have to celebrate where I can celebrate, right? Yes, um, definitely. But how did that come to be? How, how did you two become so the co-hosts? I had, a, I had a friend, actually a student, who I certified as a USCCA instructor years ago. He had the idea of doing a podcast, just an audio podcast. And so we, did, we tried a couple, and it just, it just didn't feel right. It didn't, didn't feel like it was going anywhere. Um, and then and it was, for me, techni techno technologically, it was tough to find out how to get podcasts published and such and time-wise. So we put it on the back burner. Then I thought, well, why don't we do, why don't we do it as a YouTube because people monetize that there's probably more money in a video people everybody wants to see videos so we started the PS Ned show and I hired him on as actually my gunsmith uh, and he was doing uh, gun repairs and holsters and stuff he ended up getting a job closer to his house two-hour drive and uh, so I put the show on the back burner and we didn't do a ton of episodes I think we did 10 or 15 something like that then I was down in Pennsylvania for the UTM instructor certification, train the trainer, and Clint was hosting it. And we're there and we're talking and Clint had helped me give me some audio ideas and stuff prior when we started the, the YouTube show, Meet the Pressers, I mean, uh, um, the PSN Ed show. And he, uh, he asked me, how's the show going? I'm like, well, I put it in the back burner. Uh, the other guy had, uh, had stayed got a job close to his house and he goes, well, you can't let that go. You got momentum, you got sponsors, you got, you know, you got my voice as the intro because he, he did the voiceover for the, or the voice for the intro. So I said, well, what, you want to be my co-host? He goes, yeah, and that was it. And then we came up with a, a new name and rebranded it and formatted it and decided that we'd do both video on YouTube and audio. And now we're also on GunStreamer, the, the video portion. We're on 16 different podcast platforms. Uh, Clint's, Clint's the one that got us on IMDb. So we're one of the only talk shows on YouTube listed on IMDb as an official talk show by Hollywood standards, if that means anything to anybody. Hollywood. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's true. And, but it was kind of fun to see that I played myself on your show on IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's actually that's actually turned out to be a, a really really cool thing getting people on the show to you know and putting them on imdb makes people realize oh well, okay that is and because we're just starting out that's a way for us to get top-notch people like yourself on the show and, and because now you know hey listen if you're on our show you'll be on imdb you're like oh, what really there's that carrot again it's all, about the, it. it's all about the carrots in life <laughs> love it so you're on there now i am on there now i, yeah. I and i just love how much it says 
said Cheryl Todd played herself on <laughs> the Meet the Presser show. Um, yep. So uh, that is that is really cool. How we, you know, one thing just kind of builds on another and and yeah. develops into the next thing, and uh, that that you really in it. What is it? Two years time or so that you guys have been doing this. Actually, this is what is what month is this? April. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually exactly. Uh, April the 4th was our first episode, so we just hit a year. Oh, oh. wow. Well, happy anniversary and congratulations. And it's just incredible uh, the ability that we have in this day and age to be able to sit in our homes. And yes. that's, you know, part of that, you know, idea of what we can be doing. We can sit in our homes. We can, uh, you know, put a halfway decent microphone, a halfway decent camera together. We can actually reach the entire world with the ideas that we discuss here about, you know, freedom yeah. and liberty and firearms ownership and uh, things that they're, you know, here in Arizona, we have some of the best gun laws on. Gun laws aren't best. There's no good gun laws. Well, that's yeah. true. The best freedom. Touché. Freedom. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I like how you said that. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's easy to forget that not everybody enjoys it. The, the, the freedoms that we've been able to um, maintain here in Arizona. And so, you know, people in other parts of the country or the world, they listen in and they're like, wait a minute, that's possible? They're how, like poor California. We, poor yeah. California, you know, they come over to the shop because we're right on the west side of the Phoenix here and they come and go, you can have this, you can have that. And, yeah. you know, they we're can, allowed. Yes, we're, yeah. Uh, so, Matthew, you know, you clearly have a passion for safety, for firearms training. I mean, you, you can even do it on your own land, which how American is that? In New York. Yes. In yeah, New York. right. I love it. It's like, where can I go that I can't do something that I'm going to do something? And no, it's, you said, it's, well, New York would be a place. So it's, it's funny. I'll, I usually will make the joke that I became a, a cop so that I could have the things you legally can't have in New York as a civilian. So that's <laughs> another thing I, I do is I'm a part-time law enforcement in New York State, so. Well, and thank you for thank that, you for that service for sure. So, you know, we have literally millions of brand new first time gun owners yeah. that, you know, a month ago probably were on, you know, the side that's chanting, you know, we don't need any guns and right. gun owners are bad people and guns are too dangerous, you know, all that stuff. And now suddenly they're in this, this whole new world going, okay, I bought it. Now what do I now do? What? And you know, we're, so many of us are on these stay-at-home quarantine orders that some of our ranges even have had to close for various yeah. reasons. What can you say to people about how they can get proficient or stay proficient, depending on their level of familiarity, during this time? Well, uh, first thing I would say is seek out good content. You know, there's lots of good books out there. There's uh, lots of good YouTube channels out there. <clears throat> meet the pressers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was that? Somebody just yeah. said meet the pressers. What did you say? Meet the pressers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they get the content, get the knowledge uh, from reputable sources, and then take courses. I mean, right now, I just switched. 11 of my courses from in-person to online. So people can do virtual courses and I've got 11 of them right now that I'm teaching. I'm actually teaching. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but I'm teaching one tonight. We get done here. I'm teaching one at four. Um, And I've got at least anywhere from one to three a week scheduled out for the next month online. 
And, uh, and then if, my, if we're able to get back in person anytime soon, I scheduled the ones online to be opposite of ones in person. So at any, any time, all my online courses or all my uh, in-person courses are going to come back live and, and I don't have to reschedule any of that. I'm going to have a lot of backlog because I've had a lot of classes that I've had to cancel. But the online courses, I do both NRA and USCCA. I taught my first NRA basic pistol course online Saturday. I'm teaching a USCCA concealed carry home defense fundamentals course tonight online. So um, training, get the training. And then once, once we're able to get back in person, then get out on the range with, with a good instructor to have them teach you the safeties, the, the fundamentals of safety, because that's, that's crucial. I've had a, I've had students shoot themselves. I've had students shoot other family members and, and them perish. So knowing muzzle finger, all that discipline is, uh, is crucial. And you definitely need to, to shoot the firearm because, oh, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't learn how to use it if you don't actually feel that gun, right? It, it's funny you say that because in my classes, I'll actually uh, make, a, make a joke, if you will. And I, and I use, in my training, I use humor to get it across the students because I feel like if they're laughing, they're not sleeping <laughs> and <they're>, it's going <laughs> it's to retain better, right? So I'll use okay. the analogy, like if you, if you get a gun and you don't shoot it and, and you're just you're like a 16 year old with a car but no driver's license you're like this in the driveway just back and forth back and forth right and then you're sitting there cleaning your gun putting it away getting it out you dry fire with it right and then you clean it put it away get it out dry fire with it and then a bad guy breaks in and you go freeze freeze sucker and and you press press the trigger and you wake up naked naked and broke so Practice. You got to practice. Everything we do is a perishable skill and nobody was born Benjamin Button coming out of the womb, knowing how to drive a car or shoot a gun. So you got to practice and you got to continuously practice. Yeah. There, there are just some things that I don't think you can only read about or just theorize about. You have to truly experience um, to fully understand. And and I think um, firearms training is that is among those. Um, So, you know, just as we start winding down here, uh, when people are hearing you say that you are doing these classes virtually, dig, uh, digitally, online, distance training, um, how do they reach out to you for that kind of help? Do they have to be in the state of New York for any legal issues um, to train with you? Um, and, and how else do they, they follow you and all the other things you do? Sure. So the, the easiest way to go to everything that I do would be to go to psined.com, which stands for Public Safety and Education. The easier way to find it would be publicsafetyandeducation.com, if psined's uh, foreign, as far as the, uh, the, how it's spelled out. Um, publicsafetyandeducation.com. And right on the homepage is a link to our um, online training. There's a link to the Meet the Pressers web, uh, website and YouTube channel and all that, which is meetthepressers.com if you want to go directly there. Um, the online training, they can take the courses if they want. That's fine. Some of the stuff requires, like the NRA courses require a follow-up in-person range time and practical lessons. So for that, they'd have to come to New York or schedule something in their area. I, tr- I travel. I teach all over the country uh, courses I've taught in Florida. I've taught all the way out in Reno, Nevada. So I've taught from New York to Reno to Florida. Um, so I have no problem traveling. Very good. Probably eager to start traveling again, right? Because when you're used to doing it, it feels even more I, I, like confined. Honestly, I, I'm not, I, I don't mind traveling. I don't despise it, but I, I prefer not to do more than one trip a month anywhere in the country just because I, I like being home. I've got, you know, we've got the chickens and the bees and, and uh, my wife with the, uh, 
uh, two young ones here, it's, it's tough on her for her to run it for me being gone like a week or so. For sure. I get that. Well, thank you again so much. I so appreciate all that you do. I appreciate you taking this time with us here today. And uh, I know people are going to be reaching out because this is such an important uh, skill to be learning firearms training. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they even want to get some eggs or something from Mallory Market. So. Yeah, if, they're, <laughs> if they're local and they're close, they definitely can anywhere in central New York. I love it. All right. Thank you so much. Matthew J. Mallory of Meet the Pressers. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Wow. He does a lot of stuff. He does a lot of stuff. Bees. I know. Well, so here's the thing that was so funny to me as I was listening to him is we keep having a bee issue here at our house. Right. But we just, you know, we have a smallish backyard so it's not like i can just be a bee keeper and and be a, a honey producer and seller oh you're but, you're honey oh you're sweet uh but oh, you're sweet. argo j when i um uh when i keep posting about all right it's another you know year four in a row or whatever it is that i've got to have the the bee people come out because we have the no kill bee people come out and uh and he's like look God is telling you something, you know, you can have polka dot honey farm, you know, <laughs> tying into the old polka dots or my camo and listening to Matthew talk about how, you know, he has a honey farm. It's like, maybe. Yeah, but we have cats that go in our backyard too. What does that mean? <laughs> it's true. We can't, yeah, no. we can't have a cat farm. No, I'm, you know, I, I don't know that I'd want to have <laughs> bees around the house. I don't know. I'll just rather them let me be. <laughs> And there's your bad dad joke. That could the, be, yeah. For the year? Are we yeah, done? Can we year. check that I'm off done. the list? I'm done. Yeah. All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank our amazing listeners and viewers. We so appreciate you. Your time is your most valuable and finite commodity. And when you spend it with us, we truly value that. And of course, you can find us now. We are video and audio. So you can go to YouTube or you can find us on gunstreamer.com, or you can binge listen to your heart's content, all of the episodes that we have at gunfreedomradio.com, and you click the on-demand tab if you just want to have us in your little earbuds while you're taking a walk. Are you allowed to take a walk? I don't Some know. places you depends, can take a walk. Depends on when you listen to this, if we're past this whole coronavirus craziness. Um, but again, thank you so much. And until, oh, and of course, thank you to our guest today, Matthew J. Mallory. Yes. And until next time, pray for our nation. We are in such a weird time in our life. So please pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Wait a minute. We just did a thing. Como and whatever in New York. Cuomo. Cuomo. And de Blasio. Right. We talked about the guy in LA, the mayor in LA. Mm -hmm. We also know about the governor of Michigan that's telling people they can't even see their family. And you're wanting me to pray. You're wanting me to take the time to pray for those. I do. I do. Even the ones you don't like, especially the ones you don't like. It, it's not that I don't like them. I just don't like what they do. This is true. And our, uh, 
we don't live in Phoenix. We live in Arizona, but we don't live in Phoenix. And Phoenix mayor is one of those that's uh, encouraging people to snitch on each other right now. And, the Phoenix mayor is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that's pretty low. That's yeah. just kind of gross. And, you know, we Americans, we don't, we don't do that. But we have some good mayors out there. Avondale mayor. He's mm -hmm. awesome. Yes. He He's doing a lot to, to lead his city to, uh, getting this thing over with that's right but Prosperity as far as praying health and i guess i will pray that maybe they'll make some changes in their life or something I don't know. But they need to examine their heart oh they do do examine they have a heart? Your heart do they have them I, I 